many people today, that is their position. If God does this arbitrary thing that I think I want, then I'll follow him. So what you're saying is, is you don't want God to be God. You just want God to be a vending machine for your whims. And listen, you can find a vending machine on every street corner, whether it be burgers or coffee or whatever, but God isn't a vending machine. He's the almighty one who created you. Do you get mad when God doesn't do what you demand? Is God your vending machine? You put your money in and expect him to perform? (laughs) Today, Pastor Daniel declares that God is not a vending machine. The creator of all we see, hear, smell, and taste, the one who knows us inside and out, doesn't bow to us. We're not more powerful than he is. Let's bow low before him in humble adoration and realize that he doesn't serve us, but we serve him. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Matthew chapter 5 as he continues his message, Jacob's Journey. So important for us. Our main priority of our lives is to be ambassadors of Jesus that people might see. Isn't that Matthew 5, 17? Let your light so shine before men that they will see our good works and what? Glorify our Father in heaven. Your life matters. God wants to use your life today, right where you are, right around the people that you're around, if you will place him at the forefront of your heart. Lord, what do you want to do in this group of people? Lord, how do you want to speak to this people? Lord, how can I be your man, your girl in this situation? The old bracelet. What would Jesus do? Lord, how do you want me to move through my job with my boss who is mean? How do you want me to honor him or her? How do you want me to act, Lord? How can I make sure that injustice isn't happening right in front of me in your name? If the body of Christ would grab hold of this ambassadorship that has been bestowed on us in the name of Jesus, this world would be changed because the body of Christ would be that salt that God has created us to be. But for so many of us, we're not placing that ambassadorship as the driving passion of our lives. But we see it in the life of Jacob. Esau's learning watching his brother. That witness is powerful. It's powerful. Now, in verse 10, look at what it says. Now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went toward Haran. Verse 11, so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Think about this. Jacob now is in the middle of the wilderness and he's laying his head on a rock pillow. Sounds kind of uncomfortable, doesn't it? I mean, the person in here who likes the firmest pillow, have you ever gone camping? the last thing you do is take a big boulder and stick it to put your head on, right? It's just not comfortable. Doesn't matter how thick-headed you are, how flat-headed you are, it just doesn't feel good. 
But this is where Jacob is. In an uncomfortable environment. But look at what happens. In verse 12, Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and it reached, its top reached to heaven. And there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac, the land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south, and in you and in your seed all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place. This is none other than the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. See, Jacob is in a bad way right now. He's in the middle of the wilderness. He's got a rock for a pillow. And it's there that God meets with him. And I don't know about you guys, and I don't like the reality of it, but for most of us, do we ever grow the most on the sunny days? No. We always grow the most when things are hard, when things are challenging, when things don't make sense, when you're like Jacob laying down in the middle of the desert and you don't even have a pillow and you're putting your pillow on a hard rock. And it's there that God speaks. It is there that God reveals himself to us. I don't like that reality. I just know it's the truth. I look back over my life I wasn't a Christian yet, but when my mother died of cancer when I was 21, man, the things that God did through that, the hard seasons, the desert seasons, the time when I'm dry as a bone, when I feel like I'm in over my head, when I feel like, man, I'm just one, I'm just one step away from crashing and burning in my life, that's the times that I grow the most. Like the disciples, when Jesus set them out on the Sea of Galilee, and the storm came, right? Jesus is sleeping in the back of the boat. You got to love that. What did the disciples learn then? One, they learned what was in them. They were faithless. And two, they learned who Jesus was. Radically faithful because Jesus got up, said, peace be still. You know what I love about that? There's no exclamation mark. So he didn't say... Shalom, be still, and yell at the, at, the, at the wind of the waves. He may have just said, peace, be still. And just like that, it's calm. In the trials, in the struggle, in the desert seasons, we learn what's in us, and we learn who he is. It's true for Jacob, true for David, it's true for Elijah, true for Paul, and it's true for you and I. Listen. You're like Jacob here. You're just like, I'm on a rock pillow. Life is not, this is not what I expected. Listen. Simply say, God, what are you trying to do in my life right now? Not saying don't pray it away. I think we should feel comfortable to say, God, will you remove this? This trial for my life. But Lord, while it's here, can you bear the fruit you want to bear in my life through it? God reveals himself most powerfully to Jacob here. It's interesting. Later, when Jacob is fearful that he's going to meet his brother Esau and his brother Esau is going to kill him, 
the Lord comes and reveals himself to Jacob really powerfully again. Every time that it was really hard, that's when God showed up in Jacob's life. So Jacob falls asleep. He sees this vision of a ladder set up on the earth. Its top reaches to heaven. There's angels ascending and descending. Now, this is most commonly called Jacob's ladder. Question is, what does this mean? Well, Jesus grabs hold of this in John's gospel. Listen to John chapter 1, verse 50. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to them, Most assuredly, I will say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So Jesus is talking to Nathaniel, and he said, look, because I told you that you were under that tree before I met you, do you believe? I'm going to show you even greater things. He said, hereafter, you're going to see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. What does this mean? Listen, a ladder in anyone's life functions as a mediator to get you from the level that you're on to the level you want to get to. So if you need to go clean out your gutters and you got a two-story house, you get out the ladder. Because the ladder functions to get you from the ground up on top of your roof. That's what a mediator does. And so Jesus is saying, look, this vision that Jacob is seeing, he is seeing, he doesn't realize it, he's seeing me. He's seeing Jesus, the mediator. The one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. That's 1 Timothy 2, 5. So this vision that he sees is all about heaven coming to earth. God bridging that huge gap between his perfections and our imperfections in the person of Jesus, coming to earth, bridging that gap in his own death and resurrection. Jesus grabs hold of it. He's like, look, Jacob's ladder, that's me. That's me. I'm the mediator. Right in the beginning of John's gospel. Now, you got to love the Lord's heart here because the Lord simply reaffirms once again the Abrahamic covenant. Now think about it. Isaac just blessed him with the Abrahamic covenant, and now God shows up and reaffirms it from his own mouth. Right from his own mouth. So simple. I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you live, I will give to you and your descendants. See, there's the land. Of course, he said, I am the Lord your God. So there's God, there's the land, and once again, verse 14, and your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west, the east, the north, and the south. And in you and in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. The people. And ultimately, the people terminate on Jesus in your seed. It always comes down. See, Jesus is to the world the fulfillment of all that Israel was meant to be. He is the ultimate Israel right there, governed by God. So all these blessings terminate right there, right on Jesus. And I love this because verse 15, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. For some of you, you need to grab hold of this promise. It's God's promise of his perpetual presence. Say, Jacob, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to get this thing done in your life. 
For so many of us, it's easy to lose heart when we sense that we can't get this done. How is this going to work out? I always think of that scripture, I would have lost heart if I did not believe I would see the hand of the Lord in the land of the living. How many of us are right now are like, man, I just, I don't know how this is going to work out. God is with you. If you are born again, he is inside of your heart. And he will never leave you nor forsake you. And it's a question is, is, do we really believe that? Can we really grab hold of that even though there's no fruit on the vine? Even though it, it's not working? Lord, I don't know what's happening. This is a mess. I feel like you've forsaken me. I've done too much wrong, Lord. No. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Behold, I am with you and I'll always be with you. Jesus ended Matthew's gospel and lo, I am with you always even until the end of the age. So unless we're at the end of the age, then lo, he is with you and me always. I don't know about you guys, but I think that's just rad. God is always with us. He doesn't like bounce out for a while. He doesn't like, listen, I'm going to go take a nap. I'm going to go to Cancun for a while, get some spring break going on. Try and keep it up while I'm gone. None of that stuff. He's with us. So good. So good. No matter what's going on, he is with you. And I love this. Jacob is blown away. The Lord is in this place. I didn't even know it, he says. He was afraid. I love this. How awesome is this place? You know what? I was reading verse 16 and 17. I started praying, Lord, let crossroads be this. That people come to crossroads. And, and not because of the preacher or the music, but because God is here. And we start coming and saying, Lord, how awesome is this place? Because God is here. And God is meeting with us in powerful ways. That God is working in powerful ways. That we come expectant of God showing up in this place, in our hearts, through our lives, with each other. I started praying this, Lord, I want people to, who come and visit, people who've been here for 40 years, say, how awesome is this place? Because the Lord is here. This is the house of God. How often do you think we don't have that feeling because we're not showing up with our eyes open, with our hearts open? How awesome is this place? I, love, I got so excited about this verse today. I've been reading this text for 10 days now, over and over and over again. I'm studying it. And this morning, I'm like, how awesome is this place? And I don't mean like, dude, how awesome is Crossroads? I don't mean that kind of awesome. I mean like awesome, weighty, how powerful. How powerful is it? Will you guys join me in praying that? That everywhere we go, we'd say, Lord, that your presence would be so felt in this place that people would be like, how awesome is this? God was here. I didn't know it. But he's revealing himself in and through our lives. Now, verse 18. Then Jacob rose early in the morning, took the stone that he had put at his head, set it up as a pillar, and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that place had been Luz previously. And Bethel means, of course, house of God. Bet and El. That's how it comes together. 
in verse 20, then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and keep me in the way that I'm going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God and this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. Now, quick couple things. First, notice Jacob takes his stone pillow and makes an altar out of it. Brothers and sisters, listen, whatever you're going through, God is going to take your testings and he's going to make a testimony out of it. I know it's a cliche, but it's a good one. God will take your testings and he will make a testimony out of it. God will take your mess and he'll make a message out of it. Jacob is not content to be like, oh, that lousy pillow. That was a terrible night's sleep. No, he was like, man, I'm going to make an altar out of this. It's kind of an awesome thing, isn't it? Notice next. Jacob isn't sold that the Lord is God. You see what he says? If God does this, then he'll be my God. So many people today, that is their position. If God does this arbitrary thing that I think I want, then I'll follow him. So what you're saying is, is you don't want God to be God. You just want God to be a vending machine for your whims. And listen, you can find a vending machine on every street corner, whether it be burgers or coffee or whatever, but God isn't a vending machine. He's the almighty one who created you and sustains you. I don't knock it. I was the same way. I didn't grow up in a Christian environment, never heard these things. I thought, well, if God is really real, then I think that girl's really cute. I want her to come over here and plant a kiss right here. And it, it never happened. I can't fathom why being so incredibly handsome as I am. But it's like, how many of you today are like that with God? I'll, I'll really follow you, Jesus, if you do this thing that I think I deserve. Why don't you just do this? Why don't you say, you know what? I don't know if you're God or not. I'll just follow you and we'll see what happens. What I've learned that the people who say, I'll follow you and I'll see what happens, they always end up keep walking with Jesus. Because Jesus certifiably blows their minds. And oftentimes they never get the thing they think that they wanted because they get something so much more valuable. They get to walk with the Almighty One. Now, notice what else he promises. Good old verse 22, he promises a tithe. I give you a tithe. I'm just going to leave that there. Now, this is what I want to do. I was going to take all of chapter 29, but you know what? There's no way I'm going to be able to take chapter 29. So I'm going to stop there. Let me say this. If you realize this whole chapter is about God revealing himself to Jacob. That's what it's about. God revealing himself to Jacob. And Jacob is not quite willing to submit to it. He's not quite willing to say, all right, you are the almighty one. His father blessed him promised it to him. Then all of a sudden he sees this vision. God says almost the exact same thing. But he's not there yet. And so my question in closing is this. What is keeping you from following God all the way? For some of you, it's putting your faith and trust in him for the very first time. Just saying, you know what? I've been listening to this stuff here at the fellowship or I'm listening online or someone kicked me a a link to this message or whatever and you're, what's really keeping you from following God? What's the hang up? 
For some of us, we believe in Jesus, we love Jesus, we commit our lives to Jesus, but yet we're still not really following him. We're not going all the way. We're in, but we're not really in. We're not all the way in. We're still holding some some chips back. It's a good exercise to simply ask yourself, what's keeping me from going all the way with the Almighty One? For each one of us, if, as God reveals to you by His Spirit, what is holding you back, what I would encourage you to do is not pretend like it's not there, but simply take a moment and say, God, you see that this is one of the reasons why I'm holding things back. Will you speak to me about this? Will you show me why my fears are not in line with your heart? See, when I read this, Jacob's in process, and we're all in process. But for so many of us, we can expedite the process by simply getting real with what's holding us back, what's keeping us from going all the way. I just want to encourage you, If you bring those fears, those cares, those concerns to the Lord, I guarantee you he's going to meet you right where you are. And he's going to speak words of grace, love, encouragement, and transformation into your lives. Let's bow our hearts and pray. Father, I want to thank you so much. Lord, we're all in process, God. Each one... I'm in process. Everybody here is in process. And Lord, like Jacob, life is not easy. Things don't make a lot of sense, God. And we want to bring you our heart hang-ups. We want to bring you the things that we're struggling with. Lord, we want to be ambassadors for Christ. We want to live our faith out loud with actions and with words. Lord, for some of us, we're, we're in the wilderness, Lord. We're uncomfortable. And you're revealing to us what's in us and who you are. Lord, for some of us, you've shown yourself so mightily in our lives, and we're still like Jacob, being like, well, yeah, this is all fine, what's happened, but God's got to do this thing, and then I'll really go all the way. Lord, can you, by your Spirit, just reveal to us what's holding us back from being reckless, for your glory, for being just bright shining lights in the darkness, for being witnesses to who you are. And God, I ask that you would set us free to run this race of faith with joy and without fear, no fear. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wasn't that interesting? Pastor Daniel today taught us that Jesus is present in the fulfillment of Jacob's ladder. Jesus bridges the gap between our imperfections and God's perfection. We need not fret when our lives are filled with calamity because Jesus makes something beautiful out of our mess. We can trust him because God's heart is for us. Let's throw aside all that hinders us from fully embracing and submitting to God. 
Pastor Daniel's message today is just one of many he shared from a variety of books in the Bible. Would you like to explore more? Just visit JesusIsRealRadio.com to access our library of audio. You can also connect with Pastor Daniel on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram through the links you'll find at the bottom of the page, JesusIsRealRadio.com. Hey, this is Josh, and I wanted to personally thank you for listening today to Jesus Is Real Radio. Did you know that Pastor Daniel also has a TV program? It's called Real with Daniel Fusco. I want to encourage you to go to JesusIsRealRadio.com Click on the stations option in the main menu and find out if Real with Daniel Fusco airs on a TV station in your area. Next time on Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will teach us some valuable life lessons from the lives of Jacob, Rachel, and Laban. We'll hear some good tips for dating relationships, specifically about how a young man can honor the young woman he loves. Pastor Daniel will also teach us about reaping what we sow. Let's listen next time to find out how God wants us to live from the lives of the patriarchs. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Patriarchs. Next time. Until then, may God bless.